Welcome back to Nevertheless, She Persisted, a podcast with Sadie Sutton. Today I'm here with my dad. Hello, Sadie. Hi, dad. Um, and we're going to talk about what his experience was as I was going through depression and anxiety and what he has to offer to other parents, advice, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Sounds Is there like anything? Good, yeah. Like a good time. Is there anything you want to start with? I'm just looking forward to the conversation. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, we're also joined by Posey, the doggy. Okay. Is there anything you want to share about yourself before we start? Well, probably the most important thing is that I'm your dad, and that obviously it's it's been a really important two plus years, two and a half years in terms of your growth and our growth as a family, and so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Cool. So first question is pretty broad, um, but tell me about your perception of me while I was living at home and what your experience of my mental illness and its progression was like? Well, the I, I, I'll start where we started to notice that clearly there were changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this goes back to we, meaning. Uh, your mom and, and, and myself, mm-hmm. and so uh, my wife and, and myself. So this would have been the first, uh, probably in late January of your eighth grade year. And so... That's where at least I started to notice it. Uh, mommy, I bet, uh, started to notice it uh, you know, earlier because she's more perceptive about these things. But I noticed it when we had out-of-town guests for dinner who uh, came over for dinner, and they had kids that were very similar to your age and your siblings' ages. So what would normally have been a situation where the adults sit down and, and, and trade stories and the kids go off and have fun together was not that because you never came out of your room and so I don't even remember this so that 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 was a clue to me that wow this is definitely unusual Uh, yeah because everybody else uh, had a great time and everybody else was enjoying the company uh, but you weren't and I do remember that I had to go up and ask you to come down even for dinner much less to socialize with our guests and that was definitely something I noticed that was just you know, I didn't understand why it was happening. I just knew that it was something that was very unusual. And I, t- I interpreted it as, wow, this is not being very respectful or welcoming of our guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't any understanding or appreciation for the fact that you were suffering and that what was really going on was depression. And so that was my, my first perception that something was up. Um, I had no idea because I wasn't educated in this uh, at all. But, but that was my first, I'd say... Um, perception that something wasn't quite right in January of your eighth grade year. Gotcha. So what was, as it, I like, my depression got worse and I was more depressed and that started to affect us more. What was that like as like a dad knowing that your daughter was going through that? You know, I'd I'd say that in the beginning, again, I didn't have the tools myself to really um, be helpful uh, and to really sort of uh, be the best participant in all this I unfortunately uh, was you know much more focused on 
let me see if I can solve this for you. Let me see if I can sort of drag you out of this. Um, and what I mean by that specifically is, and you remember this, I'm sure, Sadie, where you would um, have a tough time getting out of bed in the morning for mm-hmm. school. And rather than taking a deep breath and validating what it was you must have been feeling, I instead tried to cajole you out of bed. I would try and tell you, hey, it's really important that you get to school because this is an important moment in your life academically. And these all kind of, all things that were well-intentioned, but unfortunately of zero help to you. Um, uh, and so, uh, so I'd say that you know what, what I should have been doing, and I didn't learn this until we got help from people that really knew what was going on, is to validate first and foremost and to be able to say, I can just see that you're suffering. I can, I can sense that you're suffering given that you're not the kind of person that doesn't get out of bed for school in the morning. And so this is very unusual for you. And, and, and first and foremost, you must be suffering. And I want you to know that I know you're suffering. Mm-hmm. These are things that I just, it wasn't part of my toolkit. I, I, yeah. it, it was the last thing on my, my, my sort of, my, my, my kind of uh, courses of uh, action, for lack of a better word. So, yeah. So anyway, so uh, that sort of began, I think, uh, a bit of a period where, you know, your mom and me were ham-fisted in terms of how to handle this. Uh, mm-hmm. We were, you know, wanted to do um, kind of everything. Really had a genuine connection. It was just easy. Yeah. Okay, mine would probably... Okay, so I kind of have two. Yeah. So one was, like, my first, like, actual boyfriend that I, like, actually talked mm-hmm. to and spent time with that we didn't just, like talked one time over text and we're like we're dating now Mm -hmm. um yeah so I was beginning to be depressed and it got to a point where all of my energy was invested in like this one relationship and so I was like really isolated from my family I'd moved away from like my friends Mm -hmm. um and I was just focusing on this one relationship it was it got it was pretty bad it got to the point where like when I would be depressed or I was in the hospital and I would call him and want to talk to him and he'd be like I have to tell people like I can't just like emotionally handle this myself and I'd be like no like you can't tell people I'm in the psych ward like you could just you can't tell people that and he was like you don't understand how hard this is and I was like that's kind of a dick move and I was like okay um yeah all right um and it just slowly got worse and worse and worse where um the way we dealt with things was really unhealthy um we he was really codependent towards me and so after the second time I was in the hospital, I was like, I don't even like him. I can't be in this relationship. I need to, like, break up with him and end this because he's getting really unhealthy. Um, and I wasn't talking to him, and so we started self-harming because I wasn't talking to him. And breaking up with him was really difficult because he just didn't want to hear that, and he didn't want to accept that. And the whole relationship was very rushed and fast yeah, so there was a lot of issues with trust, like, when I would, I had kissed a guy over the summer before I started dating him, and I had liked him the spring before, but, like, we kind of, like, grew apart or whatever, and so him knowing that, he felt he could never trust me and that I would cheat on him because even though we weren't dating, I'd kiss someone else, and that that meant that I would never be faithful. Right. Um, so it was very black and white, and very unhealthy in that sense um and then the other relationship which I would say was more unhealthy for me was my relationship after that 
and the guy I was dating at the time, I became, like, very codependent towards, whereas in, like, the relationship before he was codependent on me, I was really codependent on this person, um, and, like, my relationship with my parents was awful, I was miserable, and he made me happy, and, um, I really liked spending time with him, and I didn't have to be depressed and unloved and all of that, um, so, very quickly became very reliant on that and really codependent, um, and would often at times, he was, like, balancing school and a social life and trying to be healthy while I was still being really unhealthy, even though he was struggling with things, too, um, and so I would be quite manipulative in the way that I would be like, I'm not doing, like, I suicidal or I'm really depressed like and he'd be like what like what's going like he would rush and try and like rescue me from that and I do that because I wanted connection with him so pretty manipulative very codependent all in all unhealthy mm-hmm. um what so you like very very briefly touched on family relationships mm-hmm. but a little bit more depth what does that look like for you because I know that's really different for both of us uh my family in the past was very money is love and they would pay for things to try and show you that they love that that they Mm -hmm. love you and now that has changed because of being in treatment and learning ways to show actual love and figuring out love languages has been very important for my family and being able to not be so attached Mm -hmm. to certain things like futures and like what's happening and just let things happen and play out as they will gotcha yeah i our families are kind of similar in a lot of ways like you're one of four and i'm one of four three Mm -hmm. girls and a boy um i would say like my parental dynamics were really really different from yours Mm -hmm. um when i was at home my relationships with my parents were really unhealthy in the way that I was pushing them away and I was super reactive and they would just get frustrated and confused and didn't understand and I also thought that they were the epitome of all my problems it mm-hmm. wasn't something that I was doing it was something they were doing um so I'd say that was pretty different um My parents, I would say, like, you talked about how your family had, like, a very money mm-hmm. love approach. Um, the way my family approaches finances, it's only going to take two minutes. Um, if you were going to communicate your understanding of the situation, what would you what would you say? I would say, Atticus, I completely understand that you need to grab something from the bathroom. This has happened to me before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, or... I would say I see how that can be very frustrating for you. Just well, just the understanding, like just your understanding about the situation, which is that he needs to get something from the bathroom. I would say I completely understand that you need to grab something from the bathroom, and then it'll only take a little bit of time. Perfect. Yeah. Um. So now the fact, which is that it was your designated time in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um. And he wanted to go in, so you're gonna. You could say hey, I totally understand that you need to get something and you're saying it's only going to take two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's, we agreed that this was my time in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So it was the facts and your understanding. If you wanted to, like, express your emotions, um, what, what would you say? I would say, like, building on to what you had pre- you just said, mm-hmm. I would say, 
Atticus, I totally see how this is making you frustrated because I'm not allowing you to use the bathroom during your time. Mm -hmm. But it's also making me feel a little bit frustrated just because I'm now left... But if you're just focusing on, like, your experience instead of focusing on what he was feeling. So you say, hey, um, I understand that you need to grab something from the bathroom and it's only going to take two seconds. And um, we agreed this was my time. And I would say, and if I don't have the time in the bathroom, then I would end up being late to school. And that makes you. And that makes me a little bit frustrated because then... And so if you're frustrated... Um, the concept is anger is that sorry this is like super okay. in depth we're just trying to like explain it fully mm-hmm. so if anger is a secondary emotion that means it's covering something else are you do you feel embarrassed when you come to class late do you feel guilty for interrupting your teachers and not respecting them do you feel is it do, do any of those um fit yeah I probably feel a little bit embarrassed just because mm-hmm. like walking into class late especially when normally at school we start with like the whole grade yeah. in one room you have to walk into what like 60 people like 85 like 85 people after they've all are sitting in this meeting yeah so you say hey Atticus um I am trying to get ready and I don't want to be late because I get really embarrassed when I have to walk in in front of 85 people mm-hmm. um when I'm late um and that's really that's really scary yeah um so putting together our first three steps we're we're all we're more than halfway there hey um Atticus Mm -hmm. I understand that you just want two seconds to go ahead and grab something from the bathroom um we agreed that this was my time to be in the bathroom um and I'm just trying to get ready because I want to avoid the fear and embarrassment that comes with being late at school Mm mm-hmm um, if you were going to acknowledge his experience and his emotions, what could you say? If you're, like, putting yourself in Atticus's head, you're going into f- fourth grade, mm-hmm. and you're rushing around in the morning, your mom's asking you to do your things before school, you're going to, you leave pretty early in the morning, you haven't eaten your breakfast yet, um, you probably got told to go brush your teeth because you forgot, you're putting yourself in Atticus's head, what do you think he could be feeling that caused him to just want to go in during your time in the bathroom? Um, I would probably be feeling a little bit stressed out and like behind being stressed out I would probably feel like nervous that I would not be able to make it Mm -hmm. to school in time so it's kind of like the same issue that I would be having in a way yeah just because I can see how that would be hard for him and I know he does carpool Mm -hmm. so maybe showing up to his friend's house late makes him feel embarrassed and thinking about like the other factors he's been having some conflict with his friends recently Mm -hmm. yeah there's already tension with his carpool buddies so not only is he like probably nervous to see them and scared that he'll be late but mm-hmm. maybe they'll think even worse of him and talk to his other friends about yeah. him being late in the morning mm-hmm. so what could you say to him putting all your steps together so far which is the time or he needed two seconds you were in the bathroom you're worried about being scared and his emotional experience what would you say thus far in your little validation spiel all that together yeah I would start by saying, Atticus, I understand that you need to be at school at a certain time, and it. we did agree that it is my time in the bathroom mm-hmm. right now during this period of 15 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I am feeling nervous that I will make it late to school, which 
makes me feel very embarrassed and nervous because then I have to walk in in front of 85 people Mm -hmm. by myself while they're all talking. But I can also see how you would be frustrated and nervous because then if you're late to school, you have been, you know, having maybe a little bit of friendship conflict conflict which is very normal but then and the other thing about that though like if he's already in a defensive mood like we can think that about that as one of his vulnerability factors uh-huh. he's gonna be more emotional because of that but we know he's pretty sensitive about that kind of thing so we might not want to mention it but you could say hey i know that mom's putting a lot of pressure on you to get in the car right now and that you're probably feeling really overwhelmed about getting everything done before you have to go to carpool. Mm-hmm. So if you said, hey, like I understand you only need two seconds to be in the bathroom and that it's my 15 minutes. I'm really worried that I won't be able to get to school on time and that I'll have to walk in front of 85 people and it'll be super embarrassing. I also understanding how stressed you are right now because mom really wants you in the car and to get everything ready and you're running late. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last step is respecting either um, your relationship, yourself, or getting your objective going into this situation do you want to keep your time in the bathroom and have him just go after do you want to maintain your ground and have him respect that it's your time in the bathroom or would you like to vote prioritize the relationship and say hey because i understand what you're going through i'm okay with you coming in what's your goal your self-respect your relationship or your objective in the moment i was probably into my self-respect and my objective um, objective Mm -hmm. because in the moment sometimes for me it's kind of hard to sympathize for for other people and understand how they're feeling which then results in me being like hey it's my time i I think that's a great example because you don't have to agree when you validate you can Mm -hmm. completely disagree and still understand so you want to prioritize your objective which is you getting ready yeah and him respecting that so if i were to be in this situation i would say hey atticus I totally understand that you only need two seconds to be in the bathroom. And we also did agree that it was my time to be in the bathroom um, right now from 7.45 to 8. Um, I am really worried that I'm going to be late for school and I just don't want to go through the embarrassment of walking in front of 85 people in a meeting. Um, and I also understand how stressed you are right now because mom wants you in the car and you're running around and that's that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, it is my time in the bathroom, and we did agree on that, so um, I'm hoping that you can respect that. So yeah. That's your assertion that you, you're you going to say no for now. And mm-hmm. so you validate his experience. You understand yes. that he's stressed and that he wants to subject it, but you don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how you would use that validation skill. And you can also use this for yourself. So um, just I'm personally wondering, when would you use the validation skill when would you use self-validation oh um just because i'm personally wondering when would you use wait no i sound like a grandma when would you use self-validation so um self-invalidation is when you aren't letting yourself understand that the emotions you're feeling and your actions are valid and that so with our situation with atticus which is that we were saying that him coming to the bathroom was not okay, was what you were thinking in the moment. Mm-hmm. With yourself, you're saying that it's not okay that I, it's not okay that I was late. Yeah. It's not okay that I showed up to work late today. For self-validation, you would say, 
Um, you would think about your thoughts and your feelings. Maybe you're feeling to stay updated on new episodes dropping and bonus content. Follow the Nevertheless You Persisted Instagram at Nevertheless Podcast with SS, the Twitter account at She Persisted underscore SS, the Facebook at Nevertheless She Persisted Podcast with Sadie Sutton, and check out my blog, Nevertheless She Persisted Podcast with Sadie Sutton dot photo dot blog. And don't worry, all of these are linked in today's episode notes. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening. P.S. Nevertheless, she persisted.